Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. We get really fixated on the past and we get really fixated on the future and we often forget we're here right now and I deserve happiness now. I deserve to accept myself and love myself how I am now. Yeah, I do love a good pros and cons list, I have to admit. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome. This week in the episode, we're going to be talking about the art of letting go. We're going to chat about the rationalizations we give to hold on to stuff, how letting go means more than saying goodbye to clutter, and why that one time that you let go of something and needed it a week later is still haunting you. When you think about letting go, Bon, do you think... Frozen? Yes. Let it go, (laughs) let it go. I think a lot of parents of young children probably think that. But when you think of letting go for you... Has it gotten easier as you've gotten older and more practiced at decluttering to let go of things? That's a really good question. I think there are some things that I've gotten really good at letting go of because I'm more defined as a person. I'm, you know, I've gone through all that teen angst. I've done the twenties. I'm in my thirties. I've got my kids. We're not having any more, please. Um, We're done. So I feel like there's a bit more stability and security in my identity. And so I kind of know what I want. I'm pretty good with, I'm not going to read that book. Let's just let it go. Or I am going to pass this on because I know we're not going to use it. Or I'll give it a trial. Like probably the biggest thing I do is uh, if stuff comes in, I'll say, okay, let's try it for a week. And if no one's really using it or whatever, then we'll pass it on to somebody else. So yeah, I think I think I'm better with letting go. What about you? I think it's something that I have to be really diligent and practice. Mm-hmm. Like it's not in some areas it's definitely second nature to me and then in other areas it isn't. I was a teenager with a floor drobe. Mm-hmm. I was a teenager with all the knickknacks. Um when I did go out and start buying things and putting them in, you know, my blanket box preparing for one day when I would get married, so old fashioned. Um <laughs> the glory box. The glory box, you know, or you know, we talked about my candle collection last on la- our last episode and you know the things that you start acquiring and getting attached to You know, when you're setting yourself up to, as you say, to create that identity for yourself, it can be really hard to let go of things um, when, you know, you are still feeling like you're in that growth phase and you haven't reached your destination yet. So it's really interesting that you say that you feel like you've kind of like settled down in a way to be like comfortable with who you are and your identity. So I think for me, even though I'm now... Dirty thirty, I do <laughs> still feel like dirty I, thirty. I prefer I just, flirty thirty. Flirty thirty. Oh, yeah, I like that. Maybe your husband wouldn't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, letting go, I think, is something that um, it it has gotten easier. And I think for anyone who is struggling to let go, the more you practice it, like any habit, like any new thing, the more you do it, the easier it can become because you start. Um, training your brain to process things in a new and different way. And that's why this episode, I think, is going to be really challenging, mm-hmm. but it's also really an important discussion to have. Yeah, you're right. You need to flex your decluttering muscles and your decision-making muscles. And this episode is all all about how to do that and how to get to that end goal of letting go of something that you're not using, you don't need, and you don't love. When we talk about letting go, and when I think about the most challenging stuff for us to let go of, 
There is often a huge emotional, mental connection. We can think of things that are really simple to let go of. Let's say you have a cardboard box and it got wet. It's got, it, it was going to be practical. You're going to keep it in case you moved or for packing something, it could have come in handy. You have no attachment to it. The box got wet. It's sunken in a bit. It doesn't actually function as a box anymore. It's, it was so big, it's taking up valuable real estate, prime real estate in your house. So when it comes time to go, I might get rid of that. It's, it's quite an easy decision to make versus, you know, something that's been passed down through generations of your family. It's maybe it's a piece of furniture. Maybe it's a small trinket um, that's got a connection to somebody else that has a lot of value for you, maybe for your family. Like those two things are very different items to try and let go of, aren't they? You know, when you say that story, I think back to a hoarders episode from the US. It was years ago. And there was a lady who had a lot of rotting food and she had this pumpkin that was like, it was mush, like it was gross. And she had to scoop out some of the pumpkin seeds. And she was like, this was such a good pumpkin. I need to rescue its babies so that I can make more pumpkins. And I, it just, when you were explaining the box thing to me, I'm thinking there will still be people think, listening to this and thinking, oh no, I could, I could make, I could save that box. I, I could put that box in the garden as compost or I could help it get rid of well, weeds. Well, that's, that's true. You know, mm. you could, you could make a practical, practical use out of it. And it's funny how like we're all innovative in different ways too. Like, cause and as you're explaining that, I'm like, really, oh, I really wouldn't have thought yeah, that. If you really want to keep something, you will think find of, a reason to do it. Yeah, where <laughs> there is a will, there is a way. Well, before we get into like the reasons why it's hard to let go, we should probably define the difference between a reason and an excuse. Yes. And this is really good because um, sometimes people will give us a reason and say, this is the reason why I'm holding on to this. And really it's an excuse dressed up as a reason. So when we think about reasons and excuses, so a reason is more an explanation. Mm-hmm. This is this is why. Whereas an excuse is kind of, it's based in a defensive status. It's a self-justification. It's more emotional, isn't it? Whereas a reason is more- It's more defensive, yeah. Where I find a reason is more of an objective, factual viewpoint, whereas um, an excuse might be that more subjective, this is how it is for me. Yes. So one of the simplest, and I'm definitely going to go into this in another episode because I I believe so passionately about it. And so I don't want to go into too much detail about it today, but there's this concept of living above and below the line, not about poverty, but it's about um, our mental processes and how we view the world. And long story short, above the line is more of a victor attitude and below the line is more of a victim attitude. And so when we live our life, we all go up and down above and below the line. You know, when we are exposed to trauma and hard events, we dip below the line. And other times we're above the line. And and the idea is to try and live above the line. So when you think about a reason versus an excuse, someone who is explaining something without the excuses and the blame and the denial would be living above the line. Whereas somebody who is justifying with excuses, with blame, and it's coming from an emotional defensive place would be living below the line. And so that, um, that is the difference. And today we're going to be focusing on some of the reasons and the self-talk. And you'll hear that some of these are excuses that we make, that we all make for the reasons why we do things and specifically why we can and cannot let go of stuff. Your uh, example then just makes me think of the Hunger Games and being oh, why? The, the victor, because I think they call them victors when when they win at the end of the Hunger Games and, oh, what's that quote that they say, the one line? Um, 
Oh. oh, I love the music. It's so awesome. You're doing the three finger thing. I am. <laughs> it's not a visual medium, but no. I am doing the three, <laughs> three finger thing. Uh, oh, may the odds be ever in your favor. Oh, yes. yes. Love, love, love it. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, uh, we digress. <laughs> back to what we were talking about. So let's talk about some of the reasons and the excuses uh, why we might actually hold on to things that we feel like we should let go of. Yes. So I'd say first thing first, if I go out and I buy something, maybe it was an impulse buy, maybe I thought it was a good deal at the time, maybe my house was cluttered and I couldn't find it and so I went and bought another one only Mm. to find that I had it later. Mm. When I then go to declutter it because I literally don't need it, it is excess, it is filling up unnecessary space in my house, it's hard to let go of because I think I've spent money on this or this has good value. This item has value. It's hard to let go of. And something that's really important to remember when you are feeling what about the money? What about the kids in Africa? What about people who've got no money? Why am I just wasting this money and just donating this item when I've spent money on it? What if this pandemic goes for years? <laughs> um, you've got to think, well, that, that money's already gone. It's a sunk cost. The money is not coming back. And yeah, if it's a valuable item to somebody else and you can secondhand sell it and get recoup some of those costs and you've got the time and the energy and the, the mental um, headspace to do it, great, do it. But realistically, that dress that you bought that you've never worn and you're never going to wear because maybe it doesn't suit you or it's the wrong size, the money is gone. You've just got to let that go. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about donating and if you can find the right place to donate it, that is another way of like getting your head around it and thinking, okay, this is highly valuable to me. Maybe this can be really valuable to somebody else as well. And I think that thinking is really good, flipping it on its head and rather than thinking about, oh, I've wasted all this money, think about, oh, this item could bless someone else. This yep. dress that I've not worn, that could be great for a charity like Dress for Success, which is one we have here in Australia that helps people who are looking to get back into the wor- workforce with outfitting them for their interviews, with their clothes, their shoes, their bags, that kind of stuff. Like yep. look for a charity where that business dress you've bought that you've never worn can go and bless someone else. And I think, you know, and this ties into another reason, is it's a, it's a feeling of regret. Like we, we regret having maybe spent the money or we regret maybe the situation for where our life is and what our what our home looks like or, you know, whatever's going on inside us and physically manifesting around us as well. And so that sense of regret is something that sits so deep-seated within us and it makes it really hard to justify letting go of something. Living in regret, it doesn't spur us forward. It holds us in the past. And so finding good reasons to let go of something can help actually ease you from that and it can actually help free you. Yes, and I think... Another reason that we hold on to stuff which ties in with this dress example might be a loss of identity. So maybe you bought the business dress because you were going to work in a corporate office and for whatever reason, maybe it's a health reason, maybe there's been a family um, tragedy, maybe you've just decided it's not the pathway for you anymore. If giving up that corporate dream or that working in an office dream um, is something that you're still struggling and you're maybe grieving about, the letting go of the dress is like letting go of the dream. Whereas if you've still got the dress, you can think, I'll come back to that later. It's a back burner, but I'll come back to that later. But Mm. it's like letting go of the dress is closure on that dream. Oh, there's so much that intertwines that, isn't there? So there's the nostalgia of the past for who we were and so in psychology, there's this idea of self-actualization and living as your 
actual self and living to become your ideal self. And what happens is if we're not meeting the mark, if we're not living as our ideal self, it's uh, what's called incongruent. Mm. So it doesn't align. It makes me feel something's off in how it makes me feel is because I highly value X, Y, Z. <laughs> you notice I'm practicing my Z again. Yes, good girl. <laughs> I, I'm Australian. Um, <laughs> it doesn't align. For example, I love yoga. And I believe in so much about what the practice does for my mental health. Mm. And at the moment, I'm not practicing it, which is wild, but it's what's happening. And so I'm not, I'm living incongruent with that value. And so I'm not living as my ideal self because my ideal self is someone who does yoga. Mm. And so when you think about that and apply that to your life and you apply that to your home, if it doesn't fit your ideal version of yourself, it doesn't fulfill your values when you look around your home or you look inside yourself, it doesn't feel good. It feels really yucky. And that feeling can make it really hard for us to um, be happy in our present and to move forward. And there's that Marie Kondo quote, and she talks about why some people struggle to let go of stuff. And it's because they have this, um, she says it's, you know, you're holding either holding on to something from the past and unable to move forward, or there's a fear you have about the future. And when I think of like aspirational clutter and the stuff that we struggle to let go of, you know, it, it's like if I, as you say, if I let go of this dress, my identity was about being that businesswoman and I've been out of the workforce for this long and then I have to accept that I'm not that businesswoman again uh, at the moment. But you can be that person again or you can be a new version of yourself again. Yeah, it doesn't mean that the dream's gone forever. It just means that right now is not the right time. And there's that quote, you know, the song, there's a time and a season for everything under heaven. Such a good song. I uh, can't even think who it's by. But we get really hung up on who we were in the past or who we want to be. And then there's that fear of the future of who am I going to be? Like, especially I found when I became a mum and that businesswoman identity that I have had kind of got shaken around a little bit. And and I feel like I don't quite fit into what society deems is normal because I'm not a full-time stay-at-home mum, but I'm also not a full-time worker. I am self-employed, so I have this lovely juggle going on of raising my kids, but also working and owning two businesses. So it's difficult to let go of the things that relate to that identity. And there is also that fear of the future of, am I going to be able to go back to that dream that I used to have? Or is the dream going to evolve? And is it going to change into something beautiful and something different that maybe aligns better with who I am in the future? And I think... (laughs) The most classic example for me, or and I think for a lot of people and maybe even specifically women, definitely for men too, but a lot of women have this ideal version of themselves as far as how they look physically and their weight. And so you may find yourself unable to let go of a certain pair of jeans or a certain top or... Um, and it may be because you spent big money on them and it may be that you didn't spend big money on them, but for you, it, it, it confirms something in your identity that if I let go of this, I will never be that size again. I may never be that size again. I'm taking away the chance that I could be that size again. So that's the dream and you're, you're grieving the loss of the dream. And that and that's another reason why we don't want to let go of those pants that are a couple of sizes too small and because the pro- it's the dream. Yes. And the problem with this thinking, the problem is if we are so busily ruminating, so having those thoughts swirling round and round on the past and so fixated and clinging onto it and afraid for the future and worried about our loss of identity. And all of these thoughts, what they're doing to us is they're actually crippling us in our now. 
Mm. We get really fixated on the past and we get really fixated on the future and we often forget we're here right now and I deserve happiness now. I deserve to accept myself and love myself how I am now. And when I hold on to these things and I don't let go and I get fixated on these versions of time, I miss the reality of me in this moment living every day when I obsess about that pair of of jeans, or maybe I don't even obsess about it, but when I look at that pair of jeans and can't let go, there is something deeper going on emotionally and mentally. That's why these decisions are so hard. And that's why this episode is probably going to, you know, make people really probably feel a lot of emotions thinking about that stuff. Yeah. One of the other reasons I think we struggle to let go of stuff is the family heirlooms, the sentimental reasons. So um, I find in our generation, we don't like to hold on to our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents stuff, but there are people in the baby boomers and above generations who feel, who have been handed down stuff and who feel a kind of sense of guilt about holding on to the family heirlooms, being the curator of the family stuff. Mm, I think there is that side. And I also think there's the side where it is um, a connection to the past. I think there's definitely people who enjoy that history but more and more as the generations going forward you're right it is seeming to be less and less like you you've said before we like to furnish our own houses with our own stuff and not the stuff of our grandparents generations and before yeah so tastes have changed a lot and I think what's frustrating to see is that our family heirlooms are not being honored that people are holding on to them and just putting them in a box or putting them in garage storage somewhere because they they want to hold on to it because that item was important to somebody else, but they're not actually using it and displaying it. And so that's, I think, the biggest thing to think about in terms of uh, sentimental clutter and sentimental items and family heirlooms is that if you're not storing it in a way that someone's getting enjoyment out of it, what's the actual point of that item existing? Like the purpose for that item is not being fulfilled. So say it's a, a writing desk and, you know, writing desks have this beautiful fold up thing that folds down to be a desk and then it closes and you can lock it up and they're just lovely looking but they're not that practical for a lot of people these days because they're quite a small desk and they don't have a huge amount of storage space so for a lot of people it's something that they might display as a central piece when somebody walks into the house but then a lot of other people they just want to kind of keep it in the garage almost like they're storing it for the next generation but no one's getting any use out of it or any joy out of it in the meantime so what's the point and that's you're hitting the key mark there right once it's on display you're honoring that item yes but if you haven't got any space because your house has so much stuff to Mm. be able to honor that item that's Mm. where it gets really like tricky and you have to ask yourself this question why am I holding on to it or why am I not making the space to be able to honor this item Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about sentimental stuff, I had this client who her sister had passed away from cancer and they were very close and she had a lot of stuff in the house that reminded her of a sister or that her sister had given to her. And we were doing stuff in the kitchen and she had these two coffee cups that she was using both as pen holders. And one was really practical and it was a colour she really loved. And then there was another one that her sister had given her. And she said, oh, my sister's given me this one. So I'm, I want to hang on to this, but this is actually the one I use because it's more practical. It's a color I really love, blah, 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 blah. And so we talked through it a bit and she realized that she had other things in the house that were far more special to her that honored her sister um, and that reminded her of her sister rather than this random coffee mug that she'd given her. And you're making a really good point there. And I think we'll jump into that later in the episode to kind of talk about how we choose what to let go of and make things special. One more thing I wanted to add is about this idea of 
It's a, it's a behavioral theory called prospect theory. And it's actually based in economics. But the whole idea of it is that we're like behaviorally, we are inclined for loss aversion. So when we make decisions as people, we try to do things that minimize risk. For example, let's say you're gambling and you have a chance of winning $100 and you have a chance of losing $100. Biologically, under this theory, when we are making that gambling decision, it's not an even decision. The loss and the chance of losing that $100 is actually like 50% greater. And so what that means simply is that when you make a decision to let go of something in your brain biologically you're predisposed to think of the loss as bigger than than your gain than your gain and that's what can make it really hard to let go of stuff so you're saying that when I think I want to let go of the book my brain is predisposing me to go oh but hang on what if you never get to read it rather than hey now I've got time to read all these other books that I actually prefer And someone else can get use out of this book that I'm not reading. That's right. I think we need to take a quick break. Let's listen to A Clutter Confession. Clutter Confessions. (laughs) My clutter confession is that I know someone who collects all their bird feathers, which are beautiful blue colour, but it's because they one day are going to donate it to some kind people that actually transplant um, bird feathers onto other birds that can't fly. That is so interesting. I didn't know you could do that. No, that's like, I mean, that's a commitment to that bird's life. That's amazing. But having a real love of all things blue and teal, (laughs) I totally get that. (laughs) But amazing. What's interesting about that confession, aside from it not being the person who (laughs) confessed someone else that they knew, is that they were describing it like the person is keeping them and has been collecting them over a long period of time, Mm. but hasn't yet given them. Mm. But the, this is often why people have clutter and can't get rid of it because they want to do the right thing with it. So we don't get rid of the e-waste, like the old printer, because we don't know where it should go. We don't know that there's someone who will actually take it and recycle it. So it's like we become a caregiver for that item or though that collection because we're afraid that no one else is going to appreciate it or take care of it and love it as much as we do. So if you haven't sent in a clutter confession yet, please do head to our Facebook page, send us an audio message of your clutter confession, an item, a collection, something kooky, weird, wacky, wonderful, whatever it is, let us know. It's anonymous and we would love to hear from you. And if getting organized is something on your to-do list, we have got an organizing cheat sheet, which outlines our five simple steps that you can use to organize any and every space in your home. Simply go to our website, littlehomeorganized.com.au forward slash organizing cheat sheet to get your free copy. All right. So we're talking about this idea of loss aversion, right? So one of the things that you can do when you're deciding to let go of something is write yourself up a pros and cons list. So you want to be emphasizing all the things you're going to gain by letting go of this item as opposed to focusing on all of the losses. Because when we start to sit down and think about all the what if, what if, what if, what if, we suddenly have 10 different pathways in our head. And of course, it's stressful and challenging to make a decision. So we need to try and zone that back in, put down onto paper, what am I going to gain by removing this item from my house? As a, and what am I going to lose? And if we can really expand out that list of all the pros, it's going to make it easier for us to let go. Yeah, I do love a good pros and cons list, I have to admit. 
Why is that so funny? Of course you do. You're a little misorganized. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Another- you love a good pros and cons <laughs> list too, right? Because like- I'm the sister to a little misorganized. <laughs> of course I do. Another thing I wanted to talk about is another um, psychological concept, and that is the idea of an illusory correlation. What? So, yeah, right. So illusory correlation. So- in life, we create associations with things, you know, like you can think back to Pavlov, Dingle the Bell. Pavlov. Pavlov. Yeah. What'd I say? Pavlova? <laughs> no, Pavlov, I thought. <laughs> no. No, he dingles the bell and the dog. Is dingle a word? What do you do with a bell? You ring it do- or oh. you ding it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been listening to my kids who say, Grandma, can we ding the ding bell? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. This is so, I swear I'm getting back on track. Okay. So anyway, long story short, your brain makes associations with things, right? Yes. And sometimes those associations are misplaced and they're based in something that is really, really rare and, or doesn't even happen. But for some reason we decide to like grab onto that and like stick with it. A good example of doing this is stereotyping. Okay, sure. Yeah. So it's like I met that one person who in my mind fit this idea of what that person from that ethnic group or from that um, demographic is Mm. like. And because of that, I now associate all people to be like that. Um, Small town people are really kind. I drove to a small town in Outback Australia. The woman at the grocery store is really kind. Therefore, all small town people are kind. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, actually, I mean, there are kind people in cities too. There's kind people everywhere. Yeah. You know, like it's when you like base a theory on like one thing. Yes. So an illusory um, correlation can happen when we're trying to declutter as well. So let's say one of the reasons you're holding on to items is because you think someone might need it or it may come in use, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you are holding on to 20 assorted items with that mentality. This may come in handy. Mm-hmm. One time, one time, <laughs> one of those items comes in handy for a use that you need it. You know, maybe um, something breaks and it's a part or you keep it because you think someone might want to borrow it and, and then they do. Or, you know, we talk about that elusive magical dinner party you host and you ma- you end up hosting that mega dinner party that's once in 20 years and it does get used. And so what it sends a message to your brain then if you're thinking with a, an illusory correlation is, oh, this stuff that I'm hanging on to. It's useful. It, I used it. It will definitely come in. It it it. it it would be wasteful to get rid of it because it will come in. It so will get it's like used. your brain justifies it for you. Well, yeah. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's you. Call it your brain. Call it whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. My it, brain is separate. My brain does some really <laughs> naughty things. Like, let's go and buy chocolate. Oh, mine too. Ugh, it's so naughty. It's actually a special on at the moment, and it is a bad <laughs> problem at our local grocery store. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes when we're making decisions, you know, we can affirm the processes in our head for why we haven't let go of something. So, you know, maybe it is that thing. Maybe for some reason, I don't know, you have two sets of dustpans and you've decided, that's not many. Let's say you've got 20 <laughs> sets of dustpans. Hey, how I don't many know dustpans why. do you need? <laughs> well, let's say that, you know, you've got those mental pro- thought processes of this is why I'm hanging on to this dustpan. And then one time your um, son comes over and for some reason he's brought his laundry with him as well. And he's at university and you feel sorry for him. So you do his laundry mm-hmm. and you kept that dustpan and he's like, oh, actually, I need to borrow a dustpan to clean out my car. I went four wheel driving on the weekend. It's full of sand. And you think, oh, yes. That's one occasion where that dustpan came in handy. Is that enough of a reason 
that you need to hold on to an extra dustpan for 20 years. Okay, so I want to poke a flaw in that story. Oh, He's yeah. just borrowing it. Or is he one of those kids that borrows and doesn't borrows give back it <laughs> and it never comes back? Well, I mean, I, that would be ideal because then you wouldn't have to make the decision to exactly, let it go. Exactly, <laughs> right? Like that, that, would, that would prove the justification for keeping it because it's like, oh, hey, my son who's living off two-minute noodles in a poor college dorm, I gave him a dustpan and brush and I saved him 5 or $10. Go me. I'm going to keep on holding on to all of this practical stuff. And that's and that's it. So often these things are like rooted in a place of, oh, it could be useful. I could help someone, you know. But when you look at the overall picture, the overall desire for what you have in your house, are you living your ideal self? Are mm. you happy with your surroundings? You know, and if you're not, then you need to start to question some of the reasons, some of the excuses, some of the thought processes going on in your head for why you are not letting go. And back on that thought that you mentioned before about the loss and the pain versus the gain, I want to focus more on what are the things we're gaining by decluttering? What are the things that we're gaining by letting go? So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a list that I've got here and we've we've talked about a lot of these things before and we'll talk about them again, multiple times, I'm sure, because they're just so important to remember what we're gaining, I think is like looking at the goal and knowing where you want to go. So there are plenty of things that we're going to gain by letting go. Number one, more space. So physically clutter takes up space. So letting go of it, you're going to have more space. Absolutely. Number two, more time, more time to spend doing what you want, me time with the people you love, doing yoga, whatever it is, that you like to do, your hobbies, you'll have more time when you let go of those things. Absolutely. More money. Mm. Not just because you're not buying duplicates, but also because you're not paying overdue fees. You're not spending money on stuff that you actually don't need. Because when you have paired down to the essentials, you have more confidence in your identity, in your stability, in your situation, and you don't buy things kind of on a whim so much anymore. So it it definitely saves you a lot more money. Yes. And as I said before, another thing that benefits you when you let go is that you are going to find these things the first time. I think of the classic, because it's something that we only do periodically where we gift wrap a a present and it's like, where's the sticky tape? Mm. Oh, where's the scissors? Where's Mm. the gift wrapping paper? You know, like that should be, if that's a job that you're about to do before you race out to the door to the party and you remember, oh, I haven't wrapped that present. Well, And when you've let go of all that excess stuff and you've got your stuff organised and you have decluttered, done. Yeah, you've got a gift station. You know that you can pull that box out and the the scissors, the sticky tape, the wrapping paper, it's all going to be there in that one spot. When you let go, you're also going to have better mental health. There is so much emotional attachment to our stuff and it it does have a bigger story and, and it does reflect how we feel on the inside and our identity. When we do actually address that stuff and we start to work through it and process and move forward and we let go of items, it is going to improve our mental health. And potentially if physically looking at clutter makes you feel unwell, then decluttering it is going to really start to bring back some joy into your life. And on that vein, when you've got better health, you've got better relationships with those around you. When there's less stuff in your home and you've got more time, that's more time to have better relationships. And I've got a family that I'm working with at the moment who have got three young kids. And the one thing that they keep saying to us is, we've got time. We've got time to sit down and play a game with our kids. We're not constantly chasing around the house, tidying up, cleaning up. We have let go of so much stuff. And what we have gained is just immeasurable. 
the amount of time that we now have with our kids. And it's just beautiful to see. It's so awesome. And that's the point of this, right? We want to be living our best lives. We want to be living congruently with the person that we valued for ourselves to be. So if we can let go of this stuff, then we're going to be moving towards that ideal self. So if you're in a position right now at home and you're thinking, okay, I've got this one item I'm thinking of, how can I let go? What are some of the questions I can ask myself? Well, we've actually got a few questions here that you can start to implement to think, is this item serving me or is it time to go? So the first one is, when is the last time you used it? Was it in the last 12 months? The next one is, will you use it in the next 12 months? Mm. That's a whole question of past, present and future. Where does it sit? The other question I'd say is, is it cheap? or easy to replace? Mm. Is the item's purpose being fulfilled? Is it a book that's being read or is it a book that's sitting in a box with a bunch of other books, just collecting dust and silverfish? <laughs> gross. Um, <laughs> they are gross. I don't actually. understand silverfish. And like, how they get the name fish? Maybe because they look like fish. Uh, I just think they that's are, so They very are, much are silver and mm. I'm actually shocked and horrified at how big they can grow. Yeah, gross. Feeding on your books. <laughs> the other thing I'd say, if this might help you to let go of things that have a huge emotional attachment or are highly sentimental, find a way to honour their memory. So yes, pick yes. A, pick a few of those sentimental pieces, pick the most important ones and make them the treasures. You know, we talk about if everything's special, nothing's special. Mm. Well, pick those few things that do hold that memory of that person that do have that, um, that capture that little bit of history and put them on display and, and have them in your home. So they're not collecting dust. They're not getting, you know, they're not rotting there. They're able to live. They're being honored. They're being honored. Yeah, yeah. Like if your grandmother was an awesome cook and you remember cooking with her. Use her apron in the kitchen. Use her wooden spoon, for goodness sakes. Those things are so hard to kill. Use whatever the items are. Like I'll give you an example. When our Oma passed away, she's Dutch, so we have a few Delft things around the house. She gave me um, a couple of like tea light candle holders and they've got little love hearts etched into the side. So when the candle is being lit, there's these little love hearts that bounce off the walls. And I love those things. They don't go with my decor at all, but I keep them in the bathroom for when I have a bath because I stick them in on the sink next to me and I just sit there and I think, oh, I love this. Mm. So find those things, honour them and, you know, keep it keep it special and, and, make, and, and look at it and say, yes, this is a way to honour the past but it's also adding value to my now. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about today's tidy task. So what we would like you to do this week for your tidy task is we want you to think about those items that you're holding on to that you kind of feel like you should let go, but maybe you're not sure about it. And I want you to pick one of those items and I want you to ask yourself the questions that we've talked about. We'll put them in the show notes for you. Ask yourself these questions and see if your decision can be made about letting it go, about passing it on to someone else who might give it a second life. And you can think about the stuff that we've talked about about today. So are you making excuses or reasons for the thinking behind why I can't let go of this item? Are you feeling like you're living as your ideal self and the way you're living right now represents the values that you hold high. Start to really challenge that loss aversion that you have within yourself to think, oh, I'm worried about what I'll lose by getting rid of this. Instead, time to focus on what you're going to gain. That's so true. And if letting go is where you're up to, you're ready to let go, you're ready to get organized, please head to our website and grab that organizing cheat sheet, littlehomeorganized.com.au forward slash organizing 
cheat sheet and whew, that was a doozy of an episode we hope you enjoyed it and we want to say thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much to everyone who's left a rating and review and if you haven't done that please hop on over to apple podcasts and do that it means the world and remember progress not perfection see you later bye Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised Community Group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.